morning. Uh, Greg has a friend with him. He, uh, he invited a guest to come uh, stop by. Uh, so, Greg, if you want to come up to your friend, I'm going to let him speak for a minute and uh, just talk to Bethesda a little bit and uh, share with us uh, kind of his experience and why he's here today. He's on a journey, so we're wearing journey shirts. You're making about a journey, brother. Come on up. Shaw Taze's name. Greg, you come up with him. I know he won't be nervous, but it, it always helps to have a friend. So, hey, praise God. Uh, my name is Shaw Tay. Uh, God is good. I'll give you a little bit of my testimony real quick. Uh, when I was 19, uh, doing some things I shouldn't have been doing, uh, I got sentenced to 21 years in prison. I ended up doing 15 and a half years uh, in the county jail. That's where I met the Lord. Uh, he flipped my life upside down because I thought it was the end. Uh, but he made a way. Uh, I stand before you today. I've been out of prison four years. Um, I'm married, finna have my first child. Uh, always have had a job. Um, when I got out, moved to a new city. Everything was new, but God uh, never failed me. Uh, he was always faithful uh, to the things he promised in his word. So uh, I would just encourage each and every one of you, uh, we have a responsibility to trust God. The pastor can't trust God for us. A mother, a father, a friend, they can't trust God for us. But if we get into his word uh, and we believe what he's uh, promised us, he's faithful to make it come to pass. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, what I'll share with you guys is um, the time that I spent with him, we were in Ashland at the prison camp. And uh, almost immediately, God brought him into my life. And, and he taught me so much about Scripture. He taught me a lot about our brother Jesus and our Father God. And his prayers every day in our Bible studies and our get-togethers inspired me above all means. We uh, became instant friends. He's an artist. I'm an artist. And uh, I would be in the chapel making greeting cards for a lot of the other inmates and he would come in and sit with me and we'd discuss and uh, another brother of ours uh, Dave Laster Dave Laster I'll never forget it it was so funny I'd been there about two months and um, I was doing some drawing and doing some greeting cards and he come in and he patted me on the back one day I was in the chapel and he said man you really can draw <laughs> and I that that touched me but um yeah, he was a, a strength for me there. He encouraged me every day. Um, we grew closer to the Lord together. We were there, what, about a year and a half or something together. And um, it was an awesome time. And when he called me the middle of this week and said, I might get to stop in on my way back. He's been to a T.D. Jakes conference in Dallas. And on his way back to Detroit, he said, I might be able to swing by your house and go to church with you. I'm going to try. So as soon as I hung up the phone, I started praying, Lord, bring him down here. I want to see my brother. So, yeah, it's meant a lot. Thank you, guys. I love y'all. Amen. Thanks. Bless you, brother. 
kind of makes me jealous because he went to Megafest, and I've always wanted to go. I've never made it <laughs> down T.D. Jakes and uh, down to Dallas. Uh, I'd love to go sometime, maybe someday. It's one of those someday things you want to do. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to First Thessalonians. Uh, it's towards the end of that uh, chapter, First Thessalonians, uh, chapter four, verse thirteen is where we're going to read from and get a text today. Leslie's got it to put it up on the screen. Uh, if you'll stand with me as as we read through these verses here together, First Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen, uh, through the end. Verse 13, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're not ignorant. Why is everybody laughing? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they believe what they said or not. Albie looked at Aaron kindly funny. I don't know if she's like, should I say that or not? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's what Paul said. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring him with those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for our word, your word. Lord, we thank you for friends, for family. Lord, we thank you for everybody that's here. God, we just ask today that you allow your word to comfort us just like you say here. That it would comfort our souls. That we would find rest. And Lord, that our spirit man would be at rest in knowing you as the truth in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I love Pastor Rob Parsley and listening to him. And several years ago, I was listening to Pastor Rob Parsley. And he said this phrase, that there is a hope beyond the scope of human limitations. A hope beyond the scope of human limitations. I thank God that there is a hope beyond the limitations that I have as an individual. Because if I had to depend on my own abilities and my own skill set and my own willpower, my own knowledge and my own brain power, I would come up way short. I got one amen out of the crowd. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. But I, 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 really, I really do believe that, that if we depended on our own self for our hope, we would be in trouble. So as we read this text today, I want us to think about it. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about kindly some end-time events. And today we're talking about the, the end-time event. It's called the, the Blessed Hope. It's what the Assemblies of God calls it, the Blessed Hope. So the, there is a hope that we can have in Christ Jesus. And that hope is the hope of eternity. The hope that there is an eternal God in heaven that created all this stuff that we're on, that we're living in, that we're existing in. And that eternity is real. And that hope is something tangible. And we might not be able to lay hands on it here or touch it here, but eternity and heaven is a reality. So as I think about that hope and the hope 
that's beyond the scope of human limitations that Rob Parsley says, that, that our limitations, we're all limited. Look at your neighbor and say, I feel like you're limited. <laughs> Maybe it's in your brain power. You know, it, yeah, you can say it to her, Abby, don't worry. Uh, Ruby will amen from the back. <laughs> Not Auntie Rachel. Auntie Rachel loves Aaron. It's, it's cool. So, but Paul's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's a, a bold statement. And to think about the Apostle Paul writing back and all these epistles that he wrote and how that he would uh, reconnect with people that he hadn't con contacted for a while and that, that he was still looking out for their well-being and still careful about them and, 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 and really thinking about them and, and pondering about them. And There's people in our life that come in and come out and go and come and sometimes we'll go years and we won't see them. And then all of a sudden they'll come back in our life. It's a perfect example here today with, with Greg and, and I, I want to say Shantae because I've got a friend named Shantae. It's Shantae, so I, I'm getting better. Uh, but they reconnect and they come back. And Apostle Paul was a master at this, at, at always reconnecting with those that he had come into contact with before because he cared about their well-being. So as Apostle Paul is telling them, I don't want you to be ignorant. You better be pretty close with some friends if you're going to look at them and say, now, I don't want you to be ignorant. <laughs> Amen? Because somebody comes up to me and says, I don't want you to be ignorant. The first thing that pops in my mind is thinking, well, they think I'm ignorant. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> and I don't want to be ignorant. Some people probably think I'm ignorant. But even if I am ignorant, don't tell me. Right? Don't, don't bring it up. Just, just pretend everything's okay. So as Paul is saying this, don't be ignorant about this. He, he's actually not uh, downgrading them or, or, or putting them down or being uh, harmful to them. He's actually caring about them. And he's telling them basically don't be unlearned. And don't be unlearned about the scripture. And don't be unlearned about the things that Jesus said. So as Apostle Paul tells them don't be ignorant concerning those that have fallen asleep. And as we have this hope, it's a, it's a hope that... Uh, there's a reality, but it's not tangible. So we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit more. And, and as Paul is saying this, that there's a hope for us who are in Christ. But the end of that first verse there in 13, he says, Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And there's an absolute sorrow to losing people in our life. I think about my grandma Shirley and all the time. She was the person that was very influential in my life. I, I, she raised me up and she'd always sing me the little song I told you guys, Bimbo, Bimbo, where are you going to go, Leo, Bimbo, Bimbo. And I, it just rings in my head. I can hear my grandma singing that because she loved me. She uh, told me I was special. I, she probably told every other grandkid that too, but at least she come to me and pulled me aside and said, Bimbo, you're special. She might have been calling me ignorant and I didn't know what she was really saying. I don't know. But she told me I was special. I felt special. And I think about my grandma all the time and, and, and the, the knowledge she had and she would study and, and just the, the different people that she was able to influence in her life. And, you know, the, the, the Catholic people up in New York would come down and there was different people would come and stay in her home for two weeks at a time and talk to her about Scripture and learn. And, and about she knew nature. She knew all kinds of stuff because she was so involved in educating herself. It wasn't that she was super smart. I think she quit in the sixth grade. She wasn't a, a sophisticated type of person, but she was educated in the fact that she was able to read, learn to read, and would educate herself on a continual basis. Sometimes in our life, we, we quit growing because we quit learning. 
And the way if you want to grow and if you want to grow in your relationship with God, the way to do that is to learn about Him, to be in a relationship with Him. And He is the Word of God. So as Paul is telling them, don't be ignorant because there's some people that sorrow that have no hope. There's people in this world that we're living in today that has no hope. They are with the human limitations that Rob Parsley's talking about. They're limited in what they're able to think about. And they're concerned about the people that's went on before them. And, and, and my grandmother, I don't have to worry about my grandmother. I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty uh, confident that someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet with her again. I'm going to meet her. And, and, and it talks about here that those that rest, those that's asleep, that they're going to come back with Jesus. And this blessed hope that we're talking about as a church is that, that the imminent return of Jesus Christ is he is going to return and receive the church into himself. It's called a rapture. And I know that there's people that dig and, and look around and say that the word rapture is not listed in, in Scripture. It's not listed in, in the English Bible that we have here today. But as we look at this, that it does talk about here in verse 17 that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord and live with him forever. That this catching up, that this pulling out of the saints, that he's going to catch us away and he's coming back for a church. And, and Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 14, he said, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. And I will return and receive you unto myself. Jesus' words are true. His promises are true. So as he says that he's returning to come and get us, as we look and wait eagerly, yearning to, for his coming, that the, the blessed hope, the resurrection of the saints... Amen? The resurrection of the dead. And then we which are alive and remain, and it might happen while we're alive. It very well could. The imminent return means that he could show up at any minute. Whenever the father tells the son, go and get your bride, it's going to happen instantaneous. It's like a lightning flash. In the twinkling of an eye, Paul says, that it's going to happen that quick. You won't have time to get down and beg for forgiveness and, and plead and all that. It won't be, it's going to be quicker than that. So as this happens, it's instantaneous, and we need to have a hope that we expect something to happen when that happens. Paul is saying, don't be sorrowful for somebody that's went on. Is there sorrow there? Absolutely. Do I miss my grandmother? Almost on a daily basis and, and absolutely a weekly basis, yes. There's a longing inside of my heart. And I've often said I wish I could just have one more day. Because every Friday night we would go out and eat at their place and she would cook all the food and have all of it out there and her and my grandpa and we'd sit down and get a talk. And I usually stayed with them later after everybody else would leave and I'd just sit there and talk with them. And I've got her old Bible, the 1800s Bible she had. I've got lots of stuff that, that belonged to her. I've got a constitution that she handed me when I was little. I've got things to remember her by. And sure, there's a sorrow that comes with that, a component of that where that there's a sorrow there that I miss her. But the thing is, I can't dwell on the sorrow when I know that there's a hope, that eternity is real, that eternity is forever. So as we say that, and look at this, Paul is saying here that we're, we, we're not sorrowful in a way that, that overcomes our hope. That the hope is greater than the sorrow. And we know that there's things that happen, and he's telling us don't be ignorant about it. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So a lot of people say, where is those that has already went on? Where are they at? 
says we're returning with Jesus, right? When he comes back, he's bringing them with him. And I don't understand all this. And there's, You can dig into this end time stuff, and we could spend the rest of our life trying to study the end time events. I want us to be educated about it. I don't want us to be ignorant about it. We need to be educated. But we can't focus every bit of our time on end time strategy and study and knowing this and knowing that and, and painting. I, I love it when John Hagee gets up and has a big chart on a wall and shows me this eschatological system that he's going through. And I, I love listening to it. But I don't spend all my time dwelling on it. Because it hasn't happened yet. And sure, Jesus gives us enough scripture and enough word to give us an educated opinion about it, but we don't know the future. Does everybody in here, do anybody know their future? You know your absolute, every step you're going to make and every, every movement of, of the rest of your life? No. So some things I just got to allow be and have a hope about that God's word is true. Amen. And there's a, there's, a, there's a comfort in that. And the comfort that Jesus, is, that Paul is telling the church here, that comfort one another with his words, that comfort is this, is knowing there's a hope that's bigger than this world, that's bigger than this time that we're in, this season. And we talked about this during our recent uh, uh, growth track that we've done a while back. And, and we looked through and, and studied about some of the fundamental truths in this blessed hope when we was talking about it. I remember Greg saying, or Maybe it was you or Aaron or somebody, somebody, one of the ones here, is talking about the eternity, trying to make, paint a picture of eternity. We can understand, and they, they drew a circle and said, well, right here, and you go back around, and then it starts over, and then you just keep going. That's eternity. And, and I said, I, I don't think it's like that. Because if you get back around here and you're starting over, then you've got to restart. So it's like an automatic restart. And I, I feel like that would be more like the Hindu thing, you know. Because then, then if you go here and you're real bad all the way through life and you get back around here and get back up here, when it's the restart time, you might come back as a cow. <laughs> I don't want to be no cow, do you? And that's the reason over in, over in India, you look at some of those uh, towns over there, there are people starving to death and then hunger and, and, and they look and there are big cows walking around everywhere and they won't kill them because they're afraid it's their grandma. I'm pretty confident I can say today that my if I would have called my grandma Shirley a cow, Woo! Heaven help me. I probably wouldn't be here to preach today. I'm pretty confident my grandma's not a cow. But this eternity thing, we have to paint a picture that says not that there's a restart, that there's a, a, a re-going. And sometimes they say that about the wedding ring and all these different things. I understand the, the principle of what they're saying. But I, I think about it from like the Jewish perspective. They say that there's, there's five points of time. We know in our system of living and the education that I've had that there's, there's three parts of time, the past, present, and future, right? There's a past, present, and future. But in, in Jewish culture, they have a five-part to their uh, way of understanding time, that there's eternity times past, that there's time past, that there's current, there's present, and then there's present future, meaning the earthly time realm that we've got going forward, that there's a future in time, and then there's an eternity time future. And getting our, our mind around that and getting a picture of that in God, I, I, I can't understand all that. My finite mind can't figure that out. But I know for one thing for sure, then in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word. Jesus has always been. 
He was already there at the beginning. And you can go back to Genesis chapter 1 and it'll, it'll let you know that, that, the, that the Word was there. That, and, and that God, the Father spoke and things come into existence. And it says that the Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. And, and we know that there's a trinity to God aspect. And, but that, that eternity that was before that creation that we're living on was eternity time past. It's always existed. And I can't understand that. I don't even know what eternity looks like other than that it's forever. But here we come forward and here we are and Jesus is born and he lives 33 and a half years, something like that, and, and living in a perfect life and, and he lives and he, he, he goes upon a cross for our salvation and, and, and he, uh, for our sins. And at that point he, he, he leaves this world and he gives up the ghost and he said it is finished on the cross and they take him down and they put him in the tomb. And even though Jesus said it is finished, he was saying my earthly time is finished. He wasn't saying I'm finished because he was still well alive. Because when the thief on the cross looked over at him, the one made fun. And the other one looked over and Jesus looked at him and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So Jesus went immediately from that cross to paradise. That day, that instant, that moment when he said it is finished and he gave up the ghost, he went to etern into eternity realm again. And he went into paradise, and he led captivity captive. We know how Scripture teaches us this, that he brings them out. And then whenever Jesus is resurrected from the dead three days later, he's still around. He didn't come out and say, man, I thought it was finished. <laughs> it was finished, his earthly life then, but he come back out as a resurrected body. And we, we got a picture of some of that. We don't understand all that, but we know he walked through walls, and, and we know that he still had scars that Thomas touched. We know some of these things. We don't have a 100% picture of what the glorified body's going to look like. We know he ate fish by the Sea of Galilee. There's often little things in text that we can look at. But there's a hope. And that's what Jesus came to give us was a hope. A hope of eternity. Because up to that point in time, man had to go to the grave wondering, did I do enough to make it? Was my work sufficient enough? Did I fulfill all the law? And did I do everything right? I thank God that it's not still that way. I don't want to be on human limitations. I've got to be dependent on Jesus Christ and the blood he shed on Calvary for the remission of my sins. Because anything other than that, I'm going to fall short. I don't know about you, but I fall short. Amen? I might say things I shouldn't say. I might do things I shouldn't do. And I'm falling short. Because we're all sinners saved by grace. And it's only by the hope in Jesus Christ and his blood that's sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me through the blood on the cross. So as Paul's telling the church here, there is a hope. There is a future. And there is an eternal future. And sure, there is a thing about salvation where that we can become renewed, refreshed, restrengthened. And there's a difference in living a life where you ended up in the penitentiary and, and getting into jail and receiving Jesus Christ. Even though you were still in, in bondage and chains, you had a freedom in Christ even inside the penitentiary. And I love hearing Greg talk about it, how, the, how the, 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 the knowledge and you guys getting together and talking about that. You, you might have been, Paul said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. It's amazing to me how that God, it don't matter our circumstances here on this life, doesn't matter. I want the best life I can live, amen? But I'm going to accept the life that Jesus gives me. I'm going to live it to the fullest. And not saying there won't be tri uh, tribulation, there won't be terrible times, there will be. 
And we're going to go through seasons of hardship and, and struggle and distress. There's, there's, there's a lot of that stuff going on. But after Jesus, in our life, in time, in the current state that we're in, is better than before Jesus. Amen? After Christ came into my life, my life definitely got better. Am I saying I have no heartache? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying my life's better. It's easier because he's the comforter now. And he said he'd send the Holy Spirit as a comforter to comfort me. His word will comfort us. It's telling us right here. The hope that he gave us is a comforting thing for us. So the comfort we're desiring, Jesus can provide. And that's what life is. So as this is happening, but we get so caught up in this present world that we're living in that we get caught up in the right now. And we get caught up into, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'll wait till whenever to do whatever and accept Jesus, and someday when I get around to it, I'll do that. I was the same way. I knew I would preach my, my friends driving up and down the road. We'd be drunk, and I'd be preaching, telling about what I'd learned in church in my childhood. <laughs> because I would someday I'm going to do it. And I, I remember Scott Dummett and a bunch of them, we'd be driving around and doing stuff, and, and, I, I'd, and, and they was the same way. They said, if I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I ain't going in half-hearted. If I go to church and give my life to God, I'm going to go full tilt. And at the age of 22 years old, I did. And I'm glad I did. Because after Jesus is better than before Jesus. Amen? He's brought a comfort to my life. So I thank God for that. But it's easy to get stuck in the now thinking, I'll do it someday. And unwilling to grow and unwilling to go forward. And I thought about this story. Leslie's grandmother, uh, Ernie's, Ernie's mom. Uh, and Leslie used to go up to see her at the nursing home when she lived up in Ashland at the nursing home. And we'd go in there and speak to her. And, and uh, she'd be in there, you know, in her nursing home. She'd have like two or three little gowns. And usually what you do in a nursing home, you get mad because other people steal your stuff. That's what they do. They go in. And she had like three little gowns. And oh, somebody stole one of my gowns. It was a bad day, you know, whatever. Uh, my, my house slipper or something like that you'd always that's what you hear about but I'd get in there I'd just start asking her about other questions about other stuff I want to know about tell me a story I didn't know them she grew up down in Floyd County I didn't know her didn't know her family glad she had a granddaughter to chase me down and all that <laughs> start talking to her and she's telling me a story one time she said yeah one time we grew up real poor and it was bad. It was hard times and up the holler and, and nothing would grow. And, and daddy was a farmer and he just done this and done that. And, and she said, you know, an old brother got old enough. He, he took off for town out of Floyd County. What was the name of the holler? Uh, Sizemore Holler. And he took off out of the holler and he went to town down to Prestonsburg, I think it was, and, and got down there. And uh, next thing you know, he was down there for a while and he, he come back home and he thought he'd really had, had, had made it you know he, he'd really got there he he come back up the driveway and he was driving an automobile she said it's the first automobile that ever come up with that holler and she said her dad went out to meet him and he went out there and looked at him and when he pulled up in the car he was the boys all proud like daddy I've really made it you know I went out and worked and got a job and and now I've got this money and and I bought this car this automobile and said the dad looked at him and said well you've come a modern man you should have bought a mule he didn't like the fact that he had an automobile. You shouldn't have an automobile. You should have a mule, you know, because a mule at least you can take care of. If it gets sick, you can kind of tend to it a little bit and work, you know, work with it and, and get it, uh, the health built back up. But he's like, that automobile, I don't know nothing about that. That's, that's some futuristic thing, you know. I can't work on that thing. I ain't been to mechanic school. And he was scared of the new. Kind of sounds like us. 
we get stuck into who we are and what we've always been and we're afraid of the new because it's new automobiles made life a lot easier my great grandpa lived on McDowell and he worked out of town he would take off from McDowell go all the way to New Boston ride the ferry across the river and stay all week with his brother through the week because he couldn't get back home he was staying out of town that's about 14 miles from the house <laughs> wherever you're working 14 miles from the house Sean do you stay out of town do you find somebody to you know <laughs> can I stay with you while I'm up here you know I'm driving from South Shore to Green if that's too far to go <laughs> but that's what automobiles has become now we got roads and things is getting better some things sometimes we get stuck in the moment of thinking man we ought to just always have a mule when God's saying no better off with a car what I'm saying is life without Jesus is a struggle because it's hard to get hay it's hard to keep that mule going now, I don't know if you've ever tried to pull anything with a mule they're mule headed for a reason they call that, that for a reason because they're stubborn they, they won't do anything you want them to do they do what they want to do that's what a mule is don't get so caught up and mule-headed about ourselves to think I can do life without Jesus because there's a better hope with him than there is without him I promise you I'm speaking from experience life is better with Jesus and there's this other text that I just want to read real quick unless if you'll come go ahead and come up here and get, get going it's in Romans chapter 8 verse 24 it says for we were saved in this hope but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? And then verse 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Hope that we can see is not enough. And sure, your life here on this earth in this time manner that we understand here, we know what time is. We know how, I know it's time for me to shut up. I understand time I don't understand eternity Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 he says that if we are men only hoping here on this present tense in this earth that there is no resurrection of the dead he said we are men most miserable we're miserable men if our only hope is about what we're going to get here on earth because there's a lot more after this there's an eternity to look forward to everybody in this room is going to live forever I can promise you that right now. There is an eternity that everybody in this room is going to live forever. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to live forever. I ain't going to say you're going to live 900 some years like Methuselah. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I can't imagine being 900 years old. It'd be a long time, wouldn't it? You imagine being like, yeah, I'm 875. I'm just trying to get over the 900 mark. <laughs> I can't even, how do you even do that? I don't even know that. But eternity is forever. And the decision is, are we going to live with an eternity with God? Or are we going to exile ourselves away from God? And I've been thinking about this all weekend this weekend. I went to all kinds of festivities and all different kinds of things downtown. And thank God for a community that has fireworks and has all these things. And I love the nation that we live in. Don't take me wrong here. But we always say this to everybody during this holiday. We say, Happy Independence Day. Independence. It's been bothering me. 
Because I've been thinking, I don't want to be independent. Because that's life without hope before Jesus. I don't want to be independent of God. And that's, what, that's not what we're saying. We're saying independent from King George. I understand what the founding fathers were doing. They said, we want independence from taxation without representation. I want independence from that. But as I've been thinking about that all weekend, I'm going to just start saying this. I'm going to make a new life commitment now that I'll never say Happy Independence Day anymore. I'm going to say it's Dependence Day. Because I'm dependent on God. Because I can't do it without Him. My life was a train wreck until I met Jesus. And the more dependent I am on Him, it don't matter I've been pastoring for 10 years, I'm more dependent on Him today than I was 10 years ago. I don't need independence, I need dependence. Won't you stand? hope of eternal things I got a little short video Leslie's going to play here I want you to watch the question are you ready if we are to live this life that Christ's return is imminent it can happen instantaneously at any moment it could happen before this little session right here is over it can happen before we walk through that door any given moment are we ready won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will I want you just to close your eyes and ponder on that question. If Jesus came right now, would I consider myself to be ready? That I'm ready to meet Him. That I've asked for forgiveness of my sins. I've committed my life to Him. And I love my living in a way that says, God, I have a hope living in eternity with heaven I want to see the streets of gold I want to see the walls of jasper I want to see the gates of pearl I want to see that river I want to see those trees God, those that have went on before us, God, we want to meet them again. Lord, give us a hope in this place today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be here to comfort, 
Lord, that we could just rest in knowing that eternity is forever. Help us to know if we're ready in this moment, God. Everybody here with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, nobody looking around. I just want to ask this very simple question. Is there anybody here that would say, Pastor Ben, I want you to pray with me? Because today I want to make that decision that I want to be ready. I want eternity with Jesus. I want to be ready. Because I need a hope. I'm tired of struggling. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Is there anybody else? here just repeat this prayer after me if you would if I say Heavenly Father I come to you in Jesus name I ask you forgive me of my sins of my faults of my failures help me to live with hope in the future to quit dwelling on the past and let me live in eternity with you forever in Jesus name Amen I believe wholeheartedly if you prayed that prayer and meant it with your heart that you're as bound for heaven as you'll ever be that God sets liberty those that are captive and I know a lot of us in this room have been living this life of hope sometimes we don't share it as much as we ought to and I believe when we're studying in times events and learn about this that the imminent return of Christ is, is now it could happen before this week's up and I really believe that we come in contact with people every week I don't care if it's the postmaster I don't care if it's the lady selling donuts to you at the donut shop or wherever you're at you're getting your hair cut maybe it's your co-worker sitting in the room and they're sitting there with heart and you know their heart's hurting share with them about the hope you have in Christ Tell them about the hope of a resurrection, of eternal things. Share it this week. Be eternal in our thinking. Amen.